by collaborating and by sharing what you have and by working together, you can move faster and you can move at the kind of speed and the scale that you need to to tackle the challenges that we're facing. Today's Ever Talk conversation is with Pete Statham, the head of sustainability in the UK for Carlsberg. We talk about the Carlsberg Towards Zero programme, how important it is to have people with passion inside your organisation, and the experience of Carlsberg putting science and research at the centre of its sustainability agenda. So I'm lucky enough to be in a recording studio that's full of beer. Um, looking forward to opening some of those later. That, that, that's that's a good news, and B because I'm sat with uh, Peter Statham, who is the UK and Group Sustainability Manager for Carlsberg. Uh, delighted to have you here, Pete. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Uh, well, the the range of beers on the table we'll we'll talk about later. Um, but I just want to reassure everyone that we will be tucking into an alcohol-free Brooklyn beer, uh, which is because of our commitment to um, responsible drinking. Another topic we'll be talking about later, Pete. You know, Pete, your your job description is is sustainability manager at Carlsberg. I'm I'm guessing that people in sustainability roles can appear at different places on a spectrum of of that 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 role. What what types of different sustainability professional are you seeing in organisations now? Yeah, so there's a really broad mix within sustainability, and it's probably also uh, kind of proves the the term sustainability is so broad. Um, but within within Carlsberg, my focus is I sit within the corporate affairs team um, and I engage with the relevant experts across the, the business. So we have, for example, an, an environment and energy engineer who's very focused on the utilities uh, use of the brewery. Um, we have our packaging, uh, uh, sorry, our, our procurement managers who are very focused on procurement and, and sourcing the right materials um, and working with the suppliers. Uh, and we have experts across each area of the business so my role is to kind of bring those together oversee the governance of together towards zero our sustainability plan and make sure that we're all aiming towards the same targets uh, and then also to communicate what we're doing and um, to talk about it whether it's on podcasts or um, or working with our brand teams uh, to talk to consumers um, or with our commercial and sales teams to talk to our customers um, and to look at what you know potentially we could do together um, so it's it's a it's a combination of bringing together the governance and also the communication side. Interesting. I mean, it, it reminds me of the parallel with with lots of organisations who say that everybody's in sales. It sounds like in, in Carlsberg, everybody's in sustainability as well. That's a healthy place. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, um, you know, from the outside, is is. When I, before I joined the organisation, you don't know how well it's kind of integrated across the business. Um, but being in Carlsberg, it's clear that it is part of everybody's roles. Not only that, but everyone everyone has a passion for it. It's a you know it's a growing um, area, um, and I think it's it's very well integrated across the business. Uh, and and partly due as well to the fact that our customers are asking us about it, asking us what we're doing, um, which then drives more conversation and more action within the business. Yeah, and, and coming from the customer side, absolutely makes it everybody's issue. Yeah. So thinking about life before Carlsberg, so you you worked in a in a in a sustainability consultancy. I'm interested to know whether you see any difference in the way uh, organisations who are engaging with a consultancy versus organisations who have a, a a large sustainability function approach the issues. 
it, when I was in consultancy, we engaged with a lot of different types of businesses across um, all sorts of industries, from banking and telecoms to um, home furnishings. Uh, some some companies have huge sustainability teams, um, and others, you know, were were much smaller. And you did see a range. Um, Definitely, in in terms of kind of how it was, how seriously it was taken within the business, um, and that was very much led from the top. The other interesting thing is where the focus on sustainability lies, depending on what the industry is. So, for the um, telecoms and banking uh, financial services companies that I worked with the focus was very much on the products that they offer because that's where the biggest impact is. So through telecoms, you can offer people in remote areas banking when they don't have access to that. Um, whereas with um, retailers and manufacturers that I worked with, there's a very, very clear kind of tangible impact in their production and their operations side. Um, so I think that that's a that's a really interesting area. And, and obviously within Carlsberg, we have an element of both of those where um, it's about ensuring that our product is enjoyed responsibly and contributes to people having great experiences. Um, but the impact of making the product is potentially huge unless you manage that and um, unless you have targets to kind of limit that. Yeah, it's interesting. I was I was listening to a, a Harvard Business Review podcast that was that is for sure dated, uh, certainly more than ten years old. Um, but talking about the role of sustainability uh, in different organisations, and even even at that stage in 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 the early in the early two thousands, they were talking about sustainability as a a driver for innovation, and uh, because of all of the work that goes on in the different streams um, around efficiency, new product development. Um, tackling sort of global issues that organizations have, often one of the positive impacts is, is coming back and saying, actually, that we need to innovate our way through these three, these challenges. Do you see that that connection between innovation and sustainability in Carlsberg uh, versus how you saw it in the outside world when you were looking at, at various businesses through the consulting? Yeah, I think innovation is absolutely has to be part of sustainability. I think that the, the point around sustainability is we are in a in a situation where we can't carry on with the status quo um we're facing a, a climate crisis and um and to get out of that it, it means innovating both in terms of the the products um that we offer and then there's also innovation around the kind of business models and the service that you offer and you can see that you can see some nice examples of businesses doing that who have traditionally offered um so there's, there's a lot of that around fashion and things in terms of they're, they're switching from offering a fast fashion offering to looking more of a service model. And that's kind of innovation around the business model. And you can see how that's so important to creating a sustainable business model. For us at Carlsberg, it's innovation in in the products that we offer. Um, so, for example, our snap pack. Um, so we, we looked at, at beer cans and the plastic rings around beer cans. I don't know when the last innovation was in beer packaging, but uh, it possibly was the invention of the can. And I can tell you the exact date of that, but it was a while ago. Um, and so with Snapback, we've taken the uh, the six pack plastic ring plastic rings off the cans, uh, and instead glue them together. And that means that we can reduce the amount of plastic we use um, throughout the value chain. Uh, and it also is about minimising the amount of packaging altogether. Uh, and this gives us an opportunity to reach the, the interesting area of this is obviously it's a packaging innovation and there are benefits to that operationally. But I think the really interesting area is that this means we can get a pack in the hands of consumers that's completely different uh, to what they've seen before. 
um, and it's an opportunity to inspire kind of millions of people with how you can buy better, how you can cut out plastic rings from your life. Um, and I think that's that's where the kind of innovation opportunity is in, in inspiring people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're sat we're sat looking at a, an unopened, I have to stress, unopened six pack of Carlsberg, which is uh, glued together, and it looks looks pretty sleek. Looks very easy to carry, um, and I think fundamentally, it's as you said, it's about offering consumers choice um, and letting the the consumer conversation drive some of that some of that innovation. So we'll come we'll come back, I think, to the the number of projects that Carlsberg's got on the go, but just focusing for a minute on on your role. What does a what does a day in the life of of Pete, a sustainability manager, look like within Carlsberg? Um, not always sitting in studios, although this is nice. Um, <laughs> um, so I suppose, as I said before, it's that that translation element and that talking to people across the business a really important part of my role um, since I started. So the sustainability manager role within the UK was a new role for the business, um, and I think there was a there's a job to do in engaging and educating people across the business on both what our sustainability plan is, uh, why it's important, and how we can talk to people about it externally. Um, so yes, part of it is meeting the various experts across the business, uh, learning about what they're doing, um, looking at what our competitors are doing and where we could uh, differentiate ourselves or where we need to kind of move faster, um, and supporting our brand teams to uh, to share kind of credible sustainability messaging through our brands, which is the big opportunity I talked about to inspire consumers. Um, and working with, I guess when I started, I had immediately, uh, the Snapback had launched in September and I joined a few months later in February. And already I was kind of inundated by questions from our sales teams that were coming through customers on not just about Snapback, but what we're doing more broadly across sustainability. So I think it opened this conversation about sustainability. Um, and yeah, a big part of my role then and now is is responding to those. Uh, and although over the last kind of year that I've been at Carlsberg, it's felt quite reactive trying to catch up with the with the queries. I think we're in a position now where we can be more proactive about about communicating what we're doing on sustainability. That's interesting because I think probably one of my uh, preconceptions was that there's a there's a sales job to be done internally to get other leaders uh, and employees within the business to come to the sustainability agenda. But it sounds like it's the other way around. You're you're having to keep pace with their enthusiasm. Yeah, I think I think I'm in a very fortunate position. When you um, and having been in consultancy, I've, I saw into a lot of businesses. Some of them you saw were very engaged in sustainability. It was really led from the top of the business. Um, others you could tell it wasn't so much. Um, and from what I'd seen from Carlsberg already, I had a pretty good sense that it, it was led from the top of the business, and uh, and it really is. So. There's the snapback element and that having launched and inspiring our colleagues really in, in sustainability and what we're doing. But beyond that, the, the heritage of Carlsberg is really interesting and that has a big role to play for sure. So Carlsberg was founded in 1847 um, by J.C. Jacobson and he was the first person to bring science to brewing. Um, so he, he created the Carlsberg Labs in Copenhagen and there are lots of interesting um, discoveries there, including the pH scale. Um, and the first pure yeast was uh, extracted and cultivated for brewing, uh, right. and then never, that was never knew that. So the pH was discovered by Carlsberg. Yeah, yeah, Fantastic. discovered at the Carlsberg Labs, um, uh, and then then that yeast was shared with the whole industry. Um, 
which is a which is an important element, obviously, as we know, sustainability is about sharing and collaboration. Um, but I think the the other thing is that what JC set up the Carlsberg Foundation, and the foundation puts money into research um, around brewing, around sustainability every year, um, and and is still the majority shareholder of of the Carlsberg Group. And that so that foundation is working across the industry. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's working. It's working spe- specifically investing in research right. um, and science. Um, and there's some of that is through through the labs where there's really interesting work that we can talk about. Um, the the chairman of the of the foundation is also the chairman of the Carlsberg Group, so that's the import, other important element, which is is very linked to Carlsberg Group in terms of um, our our strategy and. Excellent. That's a that's a great great narrative actually that um, that we need we need to hear more of. I think out of the, out in the market, just, just focusing on that leadership question because I think a lot of our. Um, participants in the Zebra Project struggle with connecting some of their passion for the sustainability agenda with uh, the focus of their their leadership teams um, or the shareholder groups. How how is the the sustainability activity linked into leadership in Carlsberg? Are you, I mean, you presumably you sit within a function that reports up and has some connection in at, at board level. Yeah. So. Um we update the the management team around together towards zero. So, uh, talking specifically about around the UK first, we yeah we update the management team around together towards zero, and many of those are involved in the specific work streams that we have, which is super important because you need that buy-in from from the top of the business. And at a group level, our CEO is part of his kind of performance and bonuses based around sustainability KPIs. Um, and then, uh, as I already mentioned, our chairman is have a, has a heavy interest in sustainability um, and is really focused around it. So I think it does it does kind of flow through the organisation. So I had the the, the pleasure of reading the uh, extremely thorough sustainability report for 2019 that you've just released. Is that a project that you worked on? Uh, yes, I, I did support on it. I, d- I did support the global team with that. Yeah. How many pages? Uh, it's a number, isn't it? It's, well, on my iPad, it's 197. <laughs> so I just get that's that's the commitment to the uh, to the agenda that's that we have. No, it's impressive. absolutely fascinating, and I and I think you know one of the one of the things I liked about that was you could see how it could be used as an internal and an external tool, mm. um, and uh, the the connection between the 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 report and and the, some of the video content that that went with it made it very accessible, um, and I think that accessibility uh, to some of the issues is abs- is absolutely key. So I'm interested to talk about the, the the projects that are or the priority projects that are underway within the Together Towards Zero um, initiative. It probably means it's time to open one of these alcohol-free free beers and and enjoy them. The question is, will we be able to hear it when it uh, when it's opened? I'll pass one pass one over to you. Give it a go. So to, together, ah, we got it. Perfect. I hope everyone listening gets a sense of uh, relaxation as that opens. Um, the Together Towards Zero initiative. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Is that an umbrella under which there are the separate projects? Yeah. So uh, Together Towards Zero is our sustainability plan. It sits within our our business plan, which is Sale 22. Um, and Together Towards Zero has targets leading to 2030 and to 2022. And within it, there are four pillars. So the first is zero carbon footprint. Um, and in there we have uh, science-based targets. Uh, so that means that we have looked at what we need to do as a business to contribute to keeping global warming below 1.5 degrees, which is the more ambitious level of the Paris Climate Agreement. 
and our targets are kind of set in line with that. The second pillar is zero water waste. Obviously, another really key element within within brewing. Um, we know that uh, we're going to face water scarcity in the UK within the next 25 or so years, um, if not sooner, in some areas of the country. Uh, and obviously, in other markets, that will be much faster. So, so how we can eliminate water waste is is really important focus. Thirdly, zero accidents culture. Obviously, everyone we work with should come to work knowing that they're going to get home safe. Um, that's vital. And then zero irresponsible drinking. Um, and that's a really important area and interesting area for me when I started within the business, being new to beer, uh, being new to the alcohol industry. It's a, it's, um, a really clear focus uh, because it's our kind of license to operate. And it's also about the long term, the sort of longevity of the business. Um, we want consumers who are going to consume our products responsibly. Um, and part of that is increasing the availability of other choices like these alcohol-free beers. Um, so by by providing better alternatives and improving their availability, we can help consumers to make a, a better choice. Well, I can vouch for the fact that the alcohol-free beer is uh, is fantastic and uh, particularly pleased because it's Brooklyn beer and our own New York office is a stone's throw from the Brooklyn brewery. So uh, although I'm sure this wasn't brewed there, uh, it's nice to, nice to have that connection. I, I was fascinated by the fact that the... The program overall had some environmental components to it, but also the the components around responsible drinking um, uh, and uh, that the accidents culture. I mean, that's a that's a different take on sustainability. Is that something that was that was consciously done? Are you seeing that in other parts of the market? I'm sure, as you know, sustainability could mean anything to anyone. We could get a different answer from everybody outside. I'm sure if we asked them what sustainability means. Um, the purpose of our business is brewing for a better today and tomorrow. So today that means um, brewing, distributing, selling the beers um, to, to ensure commercial success. Uh, and for tomorrow, it means investing for the long term and making sure that we can continue to do that forever. So if you take it to that level, obviously carbon and water are very obvious areas where if uh, you know we see climate change um, on the scale that on the effects of climate change beyond a 1.5 degree rise, then we won't be able to grow the barley we need or be able to brew the beer. Um, zero accidents culture, you know, we need our employees to be safe, um, to be well looked after, um, to have, you know, strong well-being uh, if we're going to, to continue to attract people to the business. Um, and the responsible drinking, as I've spoken about, is is our license to operate for the future. So I think it's more broadly around um, responsible business, um, and that's how we define it, and that's why it includes that mix of environmental, social, and I think that's a kind of accepted concept within sustainability of of the environmental, social, and economic three kind of areas coming together to form a really sustainable long-term business. And I think that that idea of uh, responsible business, and, and we've talked in the Zebra Project about good business, need, needs to be malleable. Uh, and certainly many of the business leaders that we interact with in the, in the project are, are facing different challenges. They may be in service industries rather than uh, manufacturing industries. They may be domestic rather than global. But the, the ability to have a framework of thinking within which you can address issues that are relevant to your business is, is absolutely key. And, and I think for a lot of a lot of businesses that the equivalent of the uh, no accidents culture initiative is is around well-being and, and mental health and um, actually prioritizing that within the within within sustainability seems to be a very progressive thing to do. 
Do you have do you have well-being initiatives within Carlsberg that are different from the sustainability initiative? I think across the sustainability plan is quite well integrated into each department. So when I spoke about kind of having these experts in each different area, well, the well-being work is very much led by our HR team. Um, and there are people within that whose whose roles specifically are around well-being and um, and supporting yeah our colleagues. Uh, and equally, you could say the same for for carbon and water. There's someone someone whose role that is, and it's very much integrated into the into the uh, engineering team. So there's le- there's leadership at all levels on those different projects. Yeah, and I think I think the important thing for for me communicating about sustainability is to make sure that we tie it together towards zero to show that we have a plan, and also to ensure internally we're all aiming for the same target so that we can be very focused. Um, but I think it's so important that it's distributed across the organisation um, and that, that people yeah, take it on within their role because obviously you can't have one person doing it all. Yeah. <laughs> how, does that, how does the internal communication work around the various initiatives? We'll focus on, you know, if we've got specific news to share, um, we'll share that as, as broadly as we can and um, both talking to, to people individually and um, sharing it through, you know, our kind of traditional channels, whether that's in the offices on the screens or through email. Um, the interesting area on that is the engagement that we've already seen from from people across the business. So when I started and when Snapback had come out and people had kind of seen the opportunity to get rid of plastic, I was ending up with people bringing packaging from our canteen and just leaving it on my desk. My desk looked either like a recycling bin or, or a landfill. Um, and I think that shows the level of engagement of people already. Um, I think there's two things you can do within sustainability. One is, is those really big things that are going to have a big impact, like zero emissions from our brewery. The other one is small things that aren't going to have a massive sustainability impact, but are going to really engage our people in what we're trying to do. So whether that's looking at, you know, looking at your canteen and trying to get rid of all of the plastic from your canteen because it pr- really makes a point to um, to your employees. And those, as as you can see, you know, the, the big scale of what a business can do and the service it can offer, there could be a much greater impact there. But we need to start by engaging our people and showing them that we're really thinking uh, about what we're doing first. Um, and sometimes those things are... Uh, uh, just as hard or harder to influence. Absolutely. The uh, most difficult audience. Do you have much interaction with, with HR, for example, around the employer brand um, initiatives or, or HR doing, doing their own thing? Yeah, I think that there is, yeah, there is interaction across the business. Um, and, um, and I think our kind of our heritage of the foundation and our sustainability plan and our focus there is a, is a really important element of the employer brand. Um, there's a whole kind of a lot of that is led globally um, and there's a whole campaign around the purpose at the moment um, and that's all led by our kind of global corporate affairs team which includes our sustainability uh, global sustainability director so then it's it's kind of tied into the global dissemination of that interesting and I think you know for for many people involved in the projects that it's it's the practical side of, of handling that communication which is the challenge so um, it's re- really interesting to hear how that's permeated all, all functions within the corporate corporate engine at Carlsberg. I think the other the other thing um, that my observation would be that that through these initiatives as well as 
aiming to be a more responsible business, Carlsberg has carved itself out as as being ahead of the curve on innovation, and that's now become part of the brand. Is is that is that part of what you're striving for? Yeah, and I should just add to your previous point. We're fortunate to be in the beer industry where we have a lot of people who are very interested in what they do and very passionate about what they do um, and passionate about the brands. And I think that really helps when you have the employer brand, when you have your sustainability initiative, people already want to know what's happening because they work for Carlsberg for a reason, because they love beer. They're already engaged. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for listening to part one of the podcast. Part two is now available for you to listen to and enjoy. But also, please visit our website at www thezebraproject.co to find out information on further podcasts and insights and also how to get involved with The Zebra Project. Mm-hmm.